Hello and welcome to Chairside Live. I'm your host, Megan Strong. We have a wonderful show for you today. Dr. Chi is practicing single appointment dentistry. He's using the TS-150 mill to fabricate an obsidian onlay for tooth number three and getting in some extra work while it mills. Then, viewer mail returns for an important question about Biotemp's provisionals. But before we jump into that, let's talk about this case. Dr. Chi's presenting a case where he milled an obsidian onlay chairside. And while the onlay was milling, he used camouflage nanohybrid composite to restore tooth number 18. Talk about capitalizing on that chairside time. Cha-ching! Take it away, Dr. Chi. Hello there, welcome back for another case of the week. Our patient today is a 32-year-old female whose chief complaint is severe thermal sensitivity in the upper right quadrant. She presents with a large cavitated carious lesion on the distal side of number three. Radiographic examination also reveals a high possibility of pulpal involvement. Our goal here is to preserve as much healthy tooth structure as possible by circumscribing the decayed area of the tooth. We begin the caries cleanup process by expanding the cavity along the buccal, lingual, gingival, and axial prep walls. Here I'm using a round-ended tapered diamond burr to extend the prep walls until I reach healthy, sound tooth structure along the DEJ. Carries indicator is a useful aid in determining whether or not to extend the preparation as it stains demineralized areas of the tooth. I will apply the carries indicator dye and remove tooth structure until the DEJ no longer stains. Once the infected dentin is exposed, I use a slow speed round burr to carefully remove the soft tooth structure, beginning at the outermost areas near the DEJ. Deep caries removal reveals a pinpoint exposure with fortunately no hemorrhaging. A direct pulp cap with a GI liner is applied to help maintain the vitality of the tooth. At this point, once all the infected tissue is removed, we as dentists must face the decision of whether to restore this tooth using a direct or indirect method. Ultimately, we must provide the patient with the best service possible using the, the technology and materials we are comfortable with. I elect to restore this case with an indirect ceramic onlay that can be fabricated chairside. Since it will be an indirect restoration, I modify the preparation so the internal walls are divergent, eliminating any undercuts. Since we will take a digital impression, Ideally, we want at least half a millimeter of separation between the margins of our prep and the adjacent tooth, number two. We want to remove any unsupported enamel along the margins that could compromise the seal of our restoration. Gingival retraction is also very important when taking impressions, either conventionally or digitally, so I place a size triple zero cord first to help displace the tissues apically. In areas that are really difficult to access, I sometimes use a probe to help with the placement to ensure the cord is fully seated within the sulcus, away from the margins of the tooth. I then place a size 2 cord to help displace the tissue laterally, away from the margins. After about 5 minutes, we remove the top cord and spray the contrast agent for the 3M True Definition Scanner on the teeth in the upper right quadrant. 
The scanner acquires the data very quickly as I move along the occlusal to lay the initial foundation of our digital model and then begin to rotate the camera towards the buckle and lingual to ensure we have all the surfaces digitally impressed. After the maxillary scans of our preparation site are complete, I apply contrast agent to the lower right quadrant. For the opposing set of scans, I follow a similar scan pattern as the preparation scans to ensure I've included all the surfaces. The third set of scans are quite easy. Uh, they're taken with the patient biting down fully in centric to properly align the maxillary and mandibular scans. Once all of the three scans are completed, our super RDA Will Schmidt assists with the completion of the digital prescription. He selects the prep site, what type of restoration, and where we want this digital impression uh, to be sent to. For this case, we are directing it to our in-house lab computer that contains our fast design software where we're going to design it right here in the operatory and send the file to our TS-150 chairside mill. Once it transfers, I open the file and begin the design process. I first indicate to the software the occlusal path of insertion direction, and next is the placement of the margin. As long as proper tissue management is performed, this part is completed very quickly, as the software has an automatic detection where it will seek out the edge of the margin. After the initial placement, we have the option to modify the margins by dragging the line to a more desired position. It's important to check the margin from different views to ensure it is positioned properly. On the next page, we indicate to the software the buckle direction so the built-in library can create the proper alignment for the initial proposal. The software does a great job of filling in the missing areas by restoring the preparation to proper contours. We have the freedom to make modifications to the design using a multitude of tools at our disposal. Here I'm making a slight modification to the distal lingual groove area and also the marginal ridge position using the freeform tool. Once the occlusion and proximal contacts and the overall design are completed, I advance to the final page. I have the ability to direct the sprue position at this point towards the, in this case, the distal lingual area away from the contact area. It just helps with the removal of the sprue once the restoration is milled out. For this case, we are using an Obsidian CAD A1 block in our TS-150 mill. An excellent way to utilize our time while the restoration is milling is to complete any other direct restorations the patient may need. In this instance, our patient has a class 1 lesion on the occlusal of number 18, so we will go ahead and take care of that while the restoration is in the milling unit. After the complete removal of the decay on number 18, that's verified with Carrie's indicator die, uh, we go on with our standard bonding sequence as with any other direct restoration. After about 10 minutes, the TS-150 has completed the milling cycle for our onlay, and I am now using a slow-speed lab handpiece to remove the sprue on the distal lingual portion of the restoration. It's extremely important to do this while your hands are stabilized to avoid inadvertently hitting the margins. The burr I'm using is actually the same burr that was used in the TS-150 unit to mill out these restorations. 
It seats perfectly into a straight lab handpiece. For obsidian CAD, which is a lithium silicate material, it must undergo a crystallization cycle to transform the material to its final high strength state of 385 megapascals of flexural strength. For the restoration, I stabilize it with super peg material, which is a high heat resistant refractory paste. It helps to eliminate firing distortion and also any contamination. Once the paste is placed on the intaglio surface of the onlay, I seat it on a firing tray that's then placed into our Whitmix porcelain oven. To expedite the process, it's really not necessary to stain and glaze the restoration. After the 20-minute crystallization cycle, I choose to polish the onlay with Diashine diamond polishing paste and a soft bristle Robinson brush. It doesn't take much time until a high luster is achieved on the ceramic surface. Now that the onlay is completed, we try it in with the aid of the Ivoclar Optrostick, which I highly recommend when seeding these small partial coverage restorations. To cement this onlay, I use 3M's Reliax Unisim, which is a self-adhesive resin cement. Even though it's not required, I selectively etched the enamel margins with 37% phosphoric acid and also apply an additional bonding agent to the entire preparation. Obsidian CAD ceramic must also be pre-treated with hydrofluoric acid in a 5% concentration for 10 seconds and then primed with silane. Once that's done, the resin cement can either be applied to the restoration or directly into the preparation cavity. The cement can be removed immediately with a microbrush after the restoration is placed while it's still in a low viscous state or after a two-second tack cure to accelerate it into a gel state. Don't wait too long, however, otherwise you may end up having to mill the cement off of the tooth. Using slow-speed rubber polishing wheels, I smooth any surface roughness along the margins to ensure a smooth transition between the onlay and the tooth. Here I use a aqua brush to provide some additional polish to the restoration once all the excess cement is removed. With only a polished finish, the Obsidian CAD Chersite material blends in really well with the patient's natural dentition. It's an amazing time in dentistry where we can provide high-quality ceramic restorations for our patients within a single appointment while offering a tremendous convenience for them and also creating the opportunity for us as dentists to be more efficient. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's Case of the Week, and we look forward to seeing you back for the next one. Back to you, Megan. Thank you for that, Dr. Chi. Now let's explain who this guy is and why you're not in the operatory and you're sitting here. Ladies and gentlemen, Glidewell Laboratory's very own Will Schmidt, our registered dental assistant. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Megan. Thank you. Good. I'm glad you're here today to talk with me and because normally when you and I meet, I'm in the chair and I just, I'm Unfortunately glad, for you. Yes. No. <laughs> I'm glad to not be in that chair and be in this chair. Um, but you're here today because I, I hear that a doctor wrote in with a question for you, correct? They did, absolutely. That's awesome. I love it. Okay, so here we go because it's another segment of Viewer Mail. 
So I'm excited to have viewer mail back. And in this viewer mail, Dr. Mao wrote in to Will, and he said, I just finished watching the video on large cosmetic preparation. The doctor's referring to episode 188, where you were talking about your protocol for setting up for large cosmetic cases. He goes on, I have questions on the Biotemps veneers. What is your cement of choice for these Biotemp veneers? Also, what is the lab cost for this whole procedure before the final veneer? Well, I can answer that in two part. First of all, whenever I'm cementing a large biotemp veneer case, and not all cases are going to be all biotemp veneers, they could be combinations, bridges, crowns. Uh, if I'm going to do a combination type case where I have crowns, veneers, bridges, uh, I like to use uh, a cement that's clear, usually temp bond clear okay. is my cement of choice simply because uh, it's non-eugenal. We all know that eugenal cements can sometimes uh, take away the adhering effects of resin cement, uh, resin composite cements. We all know that. <laughs> we all Megan know. knows that especially. Yeah, me, uh, me especially. So. But I, I like to use temp bond clear mm -hmm. for those combination cases as well as any case that's strictly a biotemp veneer. Okay. Uh, for regular crown or bridge cases, I'll go ahead and just use a regular temp bond or temp bond non-eugenal, you know, usually your, your preference. Uh, however, Temp bond clear works for me. The uh, triclosan is also an ingredient in there that's an antibacterial and antifungal agent, which is used in things like toothpaste and a lot of other dental materials as well. Nice. Okay, so that's great. We answered that. Now, what about the, the cost for the lab before the final, the final veneer? So Glywell Laboratories makes it really easy for doctors to send in cases and make it affordable mm -hmm. for their patients. Uh, if a doctor's just starting off with study models, uh, our laboratory fees are roughly $6 for simply an articulated, poured-up brownstone study model. Um, after that, if we start going to custom trays, like I mentioned, $22 per arch custom trays. For diagnostic wax models, $25 per unit on diagnostic wax models. However, if you send your case to be fabricated at, at Glywell Laboratories, we provide a 50% discount on those. So $25 uh, units turn into $12.50 units sure. for your diagnostic wax up. Uh, for biotemp, whether a biotemp uh, bridge unit, veneer unit, or crown unit, mm -hmm. $29 per unit. So just to give you a, a little overview, if you're going to do a six-unit case from start to finish, the way I, I put it out in uh, episode 188, sure. you're looking uh, with biotemps, single arch custom tray, uh, your D-wax, uh, and a study model, uh, about $350. Mm -hmm. You take in consideration that $75 discount if you send the case back to be fabricated, you're looking at about $277. So what I like to do is when I would uh, present these to the treatment, uh, I'm sorry, present these treatments to the patient, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily like to uh, put everything out in detail. So one by one. So I don't like to put diagnostic wax up per tooth, one, two, three, four, sure. five, six, and itemize and let the patient start to look through and and realize that there's so many different things we're charging for and not get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Instead, I like to bundle all these up and uh, make that uh, a certain fee so the patient can see what they're paying for, but make it more of a fee like a uh, diagnostic bundle. Sure. Or, uh, the bundles always work. Yeah, the bundles work, except for <laughs> in uh, uh, cable. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so. That's true. But the bundle package really does ha give a sense to the consumer of a deal, and it's the last 
less questions about, okay, well, how much did this cost and how much, did, you know, every single little itemized detail. Right. In, in my experience, if you start itemizing things to patients, that gives them a chance to say, what's this, what's this, what's this, and uh, even worse, can we do without it? Right. So instead, they, they know what a tooth is, they, they know what a, a crown is and the fee for that. You start throwing in little bitty things like that, wax models, upper, lower, custom trays, mm -hmm. it's just going to raise a bunch of questions. So sure. in my experience, if you're going to present treatment on things like this, best to bundle it up, find a way for you to describe it to the patient and sure. not let them get overwhelmed. Well, thank you so much, Will, for being here today. I really appreciate you coming on to answer this question. Well, thank you so much for having me, Megan. Yeah, anytime. And if you have a question for Will or any of the doctors here at Chairside Live, heck, even for me, yeah, sure, you can write to us at chairsidelive at glidewelldental.com. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of Chairside Live. On behalf of everyone here at Glidewell Laboratories, thank you for watching, and I'll meet you right back here next time.